0: Then the elbows suddenly tight around his neck, pressing on his carotid artery. White bursts of light flashed in his eyes, in the seconds it took for him to pass out. When he came to, he was in the boot, bewildered as to who had kidnapped him, or why. The first thing he thought of was Kevin. Maybe Kevin was playing a mad joke. But Kevin would never, ever have taken Terry's clothes off. Being naked meant it was serious. Looking for a motive for the attack, he ran through the casino night. He didn't have the money. Kevin had the money. Even if Terry had had the cash, the guy had a car, a big car judging from the size of the boot, and two hundred quid wasn't enough to kill for. He trawled his past for clues. In the last two years he'd been in Angola, Liberia, Lebanon, New York, Glasgow. But he was a seasoned journalist, an observer never participating or intervening, however much he wanted to. No conflict would be changed by taking him out. But someone was going to take him out, and no one was coming to help him. Terry remembered a fifteen-year-old prisoner of war, blinking at the scorching midday Angolan sun, a boy with navy blue skin, his pale brown eyes, heavy with terror, exhausted. He had trailed passively along the dusty forest road towards his execution, saving his killers the trouble of cleaning his body from an inconvenient floor. Terry watched him kneel before a gun barrel, eyes darting around behind his executioner, looking for an intervention in the second the bullet left the barrel. Terry had interviewed Holocaust survivors, heard how they had hoped in the cattle trucks, knew they were headed for the death camps, but hoped they weren't, and so waited. Assassins depend on that hope, he knew that. Hope was the assassin's accomplice. He wasn't going to trail down a dusty forest road and kneel passively before a gun barrel. He would forego hope, face the truth, and formulate a plan, find a moment he could exploit. He took three deep breaths, holding them in to slow his heart rate. There was no talking in the cabin of the car, and no radio or tape was playing. It had to be one man, just the driver, who had throttled him. Let it be one man. He rehearsed the end of the journey. Car stops. The lone captor opens the boot and makes Terry climb out, shuts the boot. An open boot in an abandoned car would attract curiosity, might look as if it had broken down and needed help and leads Terry to where he wants the body to be found. And then the shot. Terry felt the press at his temple. An indent from the bullet tip, heard the drop of his body to the ground, saw a puff of dry red African dust rise over him. He forced himself to breathe in again, slowing his pulse. Shutting the boot, that was the moment. It was the only point when his captor's attention would be deflected, If Terry was on his feet, he could shuffle backwards away from the car, so the man would have to move in front of him to reach around to the boot hood. Then, with a bit of distance, Terry could throw his weight against the man's back, shove him or knock him over, land on him, try to really hurt him. He wouldn't be expecting resistance if Terry acted passive, if he cried and tried to bargain. He thought his way through the graceless climb out onto the ground, felt the cold road beneath his bare feet, the night air on his clammy, damp skin. He wiggled his hips, rehearsing the backward stagger. He'd act as if he was unsteady from the journey. Beneath him, the car took a gentle turn onto a new road surface, and the noise from the wheels changed to a crunch. Tarmac, soft from the warm day, with small stones pressed in. They were coming to the end of the journey getting ready, Terry remembered why he wanted to live, and immediately saw Paddy Meehan's face. She was luminous, touching her fingertips to her long neck, flushing at a compliment. Since they had known each other, from when they were both in their late teens right up until now, Paddy had been an innocent. She had no idea how beautiful she was, and she was fearless. Didn't know all the things that were in the world to be afraid of. All the things he'd seen. Hunger and anger and civil war had passed her by.